0: BYU Sports Network. The Big 12 era has begun, and BYU Cougars football is on the air. Goes deep down the middle, wide open as Cody F makes the
1: catch. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, he's going in, touchdown!
0: We are two hours away from kickoff, and it's time to get you ready for the matchup with Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougar pregame game Live is also brought to you by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Phenomenal flavors, a festive setting, and more fun than you can shake a skewer at. Also by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now, to get you ready for today's game, alongside Hans Olsen, here's your host, Jason Shepard.
2: Good evening, BYU football fans. Welcome into Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars begin the 2023 season in a new era as a member of the Big 12 as they face the Sam Houston Bearcats in the first ever meeting between these two programs. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football this season and certainly tonight. Joining me here from Cougar Canyon outside west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium is former Cougar and NFL lineman and our new radio analyst. Ladies and gentlemen, a big round of applause for Hans Olsen.
3: Man, I didn't know you were going to bring a crowd in for me. I didn't know you were going to bring your family in. Holy cow, this is incredible. (laughs) Uh, I was told there were going to be unlimited Cougar tails, so that hasn't happened but i was also told they're going to be rolling in the byu marching band to celebrate you and i on air together okay and it looks like that might happen for us i'm
2: gonna let you believe that's why the band is gonna play uh but the cougar walk has not started yet but momentarily you will probably hear the byu band and everybody cheering coming up in just a few minutes so uh in the meantime hans why don't we get going let's get things going before the cougars face the bearcats let's get to our game notes all right Hans. lots of newness besides you being our new radio analyst it is a new season it is a new conference and quite frankly a new era in BYU football while today is not a conference game BYU will play its first game as a member of the Big 12 conference the Big 12 logo is on the field and the Cougar uniforms what a great
3: historic day for
2: BYU football
3: so much new and it's exciting a new defensive staff I'm excited to see Jay Hill a lot of new names in fact I was putting my boards together Shep 11 2023 transfers are going to be starting in this upcoming game 11 of them so all kinds of new names coming from every program across the state coming from out of state and so many other places so a lot of new faces a lot of new names Man, I'm so excited about this defensive staff. Old teammates of mine, Justin Inna, you've got great individuals like Jay Hill, Kelly Popinga coming back from Boise State, Sione Pouha, one of the best recruiters in the state. They have built what I called the dream team defensive staff. And now we get to watch it all take place. Well, and and we'll stay with the defense. Not only do
2: you see, I mean, there will be schematic changes from what Cougar fans saw last year. That's, that's guaranteed. But I think just the enthusiasm on that side of the ball, everybody I've talked to, it's not just the coaches, it's not its not just the fans, the players are excited to play in this defense.
3: Well, they need to feel that excitement, and that's what Jay Hill really has to do. He's just got to gear them up. And you've got to find these transfers button, and you've got to hit that button. Whether it's Isaiah Banya, who'd you come from Boise State, and him getting a pass rush, or it's a young guy who's an up-and-comer like Isaiah Glasker. These guys have to catch that excitement. Jay Hill has to breed that excitement. They got to catch it and it's got to be out of the gates. Yeah. I mean, that's the number 1 thing that I'm looking for tonight in this game. I want to see that defensive excitement. I want to see the energy off the edge. I want to see everybody rally into the football. I want to see some aggression, some aggressive calls. There's a lot of things that you can do tonight against Sam Houston to really prime the pump on this defense and I'm really looking for it.
2: On the offensive side of the ball, there is a new quarterback, a new sheriff in town, and his name is Keaton Slovis. And I am extremely high on the potential of this offense, and it all starts with Slovis.
3: Yeah, it's going to be great. Keaton Slovis has put up a lot of yards in college football already. He's got some experience, and it's going to be great to see him here in the BYU Blue. Not only do you have Slovis, the new Batman, but you've got the new Robin as well. So you've got Aiden Robbins coming from UNLV. He is a running superstar. Talked with a coach that has worked with a lot of NFL running backs. Mm -hmm. A lot of NFL running backs. He said this guy is the real deal. Watched him when he was at UNLV. Watched him run. He's a big bruiser, but he still has the open field speed. So Aiden Robbins, get busy early. Keaton Slovis with that protection. You get to see him deal, but this offense is put together really well, Shep.
2: Offensive line. In the offseason, lost some big transfers. You lost the Barrington brothers. Yeah. And that was a massive blow to a really good offensive line, not to mention guys that are now playing in the National Football League. I thought BYU not only rebounded, but may have actually gotten better on the offensive line. You've got guys like Caleb Etienne, who came over as a transfer from Oklahoma State. That is one Massive human boy. being. Yes. I am so excited to see him. It makes Absolutely. me feel small. <laughs> I cannot wait he to makes watch me feel him small, man. destroy I a defensive lineman. Feel like a baby in his arms. <laughs> Not only do you have him, but you have guys like Paul Miley coming over, Waylon Lapuaho, Ian Fitzgerald, all of these guys have come in. I think B what BYU did on the offensive line on the fly via the transfer portal was remarkable. It is.
3: It's really good. And I do think that this is a comparable, if not better, offensive line than we saw last year. Now, I understand that there was a top four round draft pick that was taken off of that offensive line. Yep. But this year, you've got a first round draft pick on that offensive line in Kingsley. Kingsley is everything you want in an offensive lineman. And then, as you mentioned, you shored it up on the other side with Caleb Etienne. Now, what's great is that gives you an opportunity to take a guy like Kime, who has been around the program for a lot of years and has a lot of ability, plug him in the guard position, plug him in the tackle position, move him across the board. You also have Fitzgerald, who's had a great camp, and it all comes down to that center position. And you've got two rotators. You can rotate Paul Miley or Connor Pay at that, center, yep. at, at that center position. Both of those guys are great field generals. So this is a very solid offensive line, and as you mentioned, Caleb Etienne at six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pounds, is just a mountain of a man. And look, you know, we all saw Blake Freeland. We we know what he was all about. Blake was big, he was tall and, yep. and really just an incredible athlete. Caleb is a different build. I I still absolutely love Blake Freeland all of his potential, everything he does. He's got great mechanics. He, and, and really just the gears in his arms, his flexibility, it's great. It's so much different than what Caleb brings to the table. But I know that they're going to bring some power up front. Kingsley
2: Suamataia, this week, Mel Kuyper came out with his um, rankings in terms of all of the positions for the upcoming 2024 draft. He had, he had uh, Kingsley Suamataia as the fifth best offensive tackle yeah. in the upcoming NFL draft. This guy's going to make a lot of money when he goes pro.
3: Yeah, and he could move up the board because now you're in Big 12 play. You're not going to have late November games that don't have a ton of meeting that get played at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. You're going to have some prime time Big 12 games down the stretch against Oklahoma. Kingsley yeah. is going to be put in front of what I hope, what I absolutely hope, is that he's completely turned off the noise and hasn't heard a word of it because as much momentum as is built, it can really distract you as a player. And it was kind of a firestorm of a build-up for Kingsley. It came pretty quick, and it came off of different numbers and testing and height and strength and the film that he put out, his aggression, and all of that built into a potential first-rounder. I just hope he turns off the noise, gets under a bench press, gets the pads on, works extra hard, stays after practice, gets in the playbook, and puts in the extra work and doesn't start buying the hype Yeah. because that can really hurt you as a player. And sometimes it just builds this anticipation that you can't handle. And then you get out there and your, your knee is shaking because you're thinking every NFL scout is watching every <laughs> single thing I do and I don't want to mess up. I hope he turned off the noise, but he will be one of the best offensive linemen to ever come through. This program.
2: Amen to that.
3: Coming up next, we'll
2: preview Sam Houston with the voice of the Bearcats, Carlos Zimmerman. This is Mountain America Credit Union Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back. Game one of the
2: 2023 BYU football season. The first as a member of the Big 12 Conference. We are outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium getting ready for the matchup tonight between the Cougars and the Bearcats with a And Hans, were you, uh, when you were playing days, were you uh, you butterfly guy? Are you feeling those tonight? Kinda no, being a, no. Being new
3: on this? No, it's, no. This is great, man. <laughs> I just got the energy. I'm just excited, but no butterflies. It's like the first hit in football. As soon as the helmets crack, as soon as the mic opens and you say a couple words, and it's just on and running. But this is pretty cool, though, what we've got going on right here. I'm just telling you, this is incredible. BYU, Cougar Nation, look at this. You guys are awesome, yeah, man. Let's hear from you guys. Holy It's getting louder. Cougar Nation, they just roll deep. They roll proud. This is Canyon Road, and it's just jam-packed with Cougar fans. You've got all the game day smells that come down the Canyon Road, and you've got all of the beautiful sights and all the big billboards and so many fans. You've got the band over here. It is the perfect game day. Shep, this is perfect game day weather. This is a perfect game day crowd. What a great way to kick off the Big 12.
2: Absolutely. And uh, speaking of another great way to kick it off, let's preview the opponent for tonight. The Sam Houston Bearcats in town tonight. Their very first game as an FBS program. And joining us now is the voice of the Bearcats. His name is Carlos Zimmerman. Carlos, thanks for taking a few minutes. What's up, Carlos? Absolutely.
4: Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay. So,
2: so you were not that far removed from being a student at Sam Houston. You're in year two as the broadcaster. You've experienced this on the fan side. Now, as a broadcaster, in terms of FCS football Sam Houston was one of the powers they have a national championship in 2020 now they're making the jump to FBS what's the significance of this for the Bearcats
4: I mean this is absolutely huge for Sam Houston because this is a program you know aside from maybe North Dakota State at the FCS level is one of the best like you said of all time at the FCS level with just the amount of talent that they've been able to bring in at Sam Houston so our administration knew that this was going to be the right time to jump with how the landscape of college football and really college athletics as a whole was starting to transition. Thank you, Texas and OU. (laughs) So that trickle down effect came down to us. And I want, I want to stress something for the folks that don't know. We didn't go to conference USA conference USA came to us and was like, Hey, do you want to be a part of what we're planning to do with what was going on in their realm of things with losing six schools and needing to find new people? So this is huge for Sam Houston. Uh, you want to talk about butterflies? I got them right now. I'll be honest; it, it's 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 really exciting just to be here.
2: Want to welcome those that are now joining us in progress on KSL News Radio. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard and Hans Olson with you. We're joined by Carlos Zimmerman, the voice of the Sam Houston Bearcats.
3: All right, so Carlos, I want to talk about some of the changes that were made. You know, when you make that move to FBS, it's a big jump. You go from 62 scholarships to the full 85. You start to dump money into your coaching staff. So you've got Sam Houston that goes out and gets former Virginia Tech Offensive Coordinator Brad Cornelson. Brad comes in, and he brings a ton of knowledge, and he brings a quarterback battle. I want you to walk me through how the quarterback battle went through camp and what we should expect to see from the quarterbacks of Sam Houston.
4: Well, they... It's not one of those stereotypical, you know, animosity quarterback battles. You know, Keegan and Grant, you know, they make each other better. And that's what really happened through camp. There was our opening scrimmage that we had. It wasn't the best, and that's what Coach Keeler, he touched on that a lot when I talked with him. But that second scrimmage that they had is, I think the band's coming through now. Hey, the band, they're, so,
3: they're, they're celebrating us. <laughs> Absolutely.
4: <laughs> but, you know, the battle that has been fierce, and that's why we haven't put out at all Who's our starter tonight? Yeah. Is it Keegan Shoemaker, the guy that has been the mainstay of the program for the last couple of years, or is it Grant Ganell, who has had already great experience at the FBS level, starting at Arizona, going to North Texas? It's it's intense. So we won't know until we until we kick tonight. The defense should be able to hit the ground running. That that's one I know that in
2: talking with Coach Keeler and. And our listeners will hear my interview with him coming up a little bit later on in Cougar Pregame game Live. I, I think he's, he's very pleased with what he sees
4: and thinks that certainly could be a strength coming out of the gate. And what helps with that is the amount of guys that we redshirted last year yes. and brought back in. Guys like Markel Perry, Trevor Williams, guys that were on the national championship team two years ago. Other guys that didn't get redshirted but got valuable experience when those guys above them on the depth chart were redshirted. Guys like Kavian Gaither and Chris Scott amongst other people. And then a lot of other mainstays that we have out there in the secondary like Donovan Adkins and Jordan Morris. Guys that also got hurt during that season as well. So a lot of these guys haven't played college football in almost a full year. And I know they're chomping at the bit to get out there because they know what kind of talent that they're going to bring to this kind of ballgame.
3: We were just talking about the 11 2023 transfers that are going to be playing for BYU. When you look at what they did with the transfer portal, how much action was there there, and how much do you, are is this uh, Sam Houston team leaning on that transfer portal
4: it's it's huge because. People realize now that, hey, I can play FBS football a little bit closer to home. Guys that maybe grew up in the Houston area or were playing in the Houston area, now I can play for an FBS program that's not too far away. So the transfer portal, it was very, it was kind to us, but we really did lean on those red-shirted players coming back. But bringing in a guy like Grant Gunnell, who's really fighting for that quarterback spot, was huge. And then we needed to revitalize the left side of our offensive line, so that's where the portal was also very kind to us.
2: Coach Keeler said something in his weekly press conference at the beginning of the week, and he was like, no team of mine's ever going to lack confidence. Mm -hmm. So how how are the Bearcats approaching this matchup against BYU, who's making its own firsts in different ways?
4: I think they're approaching it the same as we do every game. Obviously, there's a lot of pageantry around this because this is a program across 35 years has made the jump from NCAA Division II all the way to the FBS level. So it's a massive jump. But for these guys it's just you know business as usual let's go out there play a good football game be sound coach keeler said in his press conference you know as long as we play clean and duke well in the special teams we can be right up there with a really good program in the cougars
3: it's going to be really tough i think for sam houston just trying to get this run game going i want to know more specifically at that running back position who's really sparked who's really shined who's caught your eye who's caught coach kc's eye in in through camp
4: number zero zacher bochik he has been our mainstay at the running back position. He's learned from guys from that national championship team to help boost him to the next level. Had a fantastic 2022 year in a year where there wasn't a whole lot of great things to go around just because of the transition we were making. So that's the guy you want to watch tonight. zachar if his line is able to give him holes, and that's my big question there on that left side of the line, if we're trying to run that way, is he going to be able to get the holes he needs? So, but number zero, you got to watch him tonight.
2: Carlos, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's your first time out here. Yeah. Yes. So what, what do you what do you make of our scenery here?
4: It's absolutely gorgeous. So I've been to I've been to Salt Lake, I've been to Orem, with where we were in the Whack, and all these other schools yeah. we were playing. But Provo, this is absolutely gorgeous. A beautiful backdrop in Lavelle Edwards. This is I can't wait to get up to the box and check it out for myself.
3: You like this weather too, don't you?
4: Oh my goodness, no you, humidity, man. No humidity. <laughs> it's not 113 degrees like it is back home in Texas right now. And you know we're actually dealing with a lot of wildfire issues around Huntsville. So I'm thinking about all our friends back there at home. But the weather's absolutely perfect
3: yeah. here. Perfect football weather. You're staying dry. Yes. That's, and that's nice. Absolutely. It's always nice to stay dry.
2: Well, and you're you're gonna be the media darling because you're gonna leave us and you're gonna head down to BYU TV. So we will say thank you and have a great call tonight. Thanks, thank you very Carlos. much. Appreciate there we, y'all. There we go. That's the voice of the Bearcats, the Bearcats with the K, Carlos Zimmerman. All right, up next, you might have seen him flex his actual muscles in the past, but now you get to hear him flex his film study muscles. Are you ready for this? Let's go. You ready? All right, we debut our new segment, X's. And Olsen next. You're listening to the New Skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network.
3: play football for twenty years, you watch a lot of film. Yeah. And been broadcasting now for seventeen years and in order to give a good broadcast, I I like to watch a lot of film. I ingest a lot of film and just take a look at the different aspects of it. And about seven, maybe eight years ago, as I'm looking at film, I'm like, I might as well just video this and what I'm looking at and I'll just put it on YouTube or I'll tweet it out or, or whatever. And so I started doing that and it picked up steam. And people liked it. And I was thinking, what people People like the film study. Okay, well, I'm, I'm doing this for work, but I'll, I'll keep pumping it out. So it really just comes from my background in football and just loving jumping into the game, getting to know the game. The other reason is, Shep, the game is constantly evolving, and it's really hard to keep up with some of the movements. They've got so many different movements, moving parts, and then there's always game changes. For instance... They just changed the rule that the clock won't stop right. on first down. So you're constantly watching film to see, well, how does that affect it? Or how does this new rule affect it? So a lot of film study, yeah.
2: One of the things that you wanted to touch on today was the the trick plays, or certainly for BYU not to be surprised by what Sam Houston might come out with today.
3: So just watching Coach Casey Keller and the way he's running this offense, the way he runs this team, he can really throw some surprises at you. And I'll just tell you where I started. I started with that Texas A&M film. It's the team that they opened up with last year. And within the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of it, I saw just a couple of different movements that told me that they're just throwing caution to the wind. And they were taking some big throws and some big chunk plays trying to catch Texas A&M off guard. You get into the fourth quarter – And it's a, you know, it's, there's quite the separation there. I can't remember. It's 34 to something. And you see Sam Houston line up and they go for a fake punt. Completely unexpected by Texas A&M. And when you're coming out of the gates in a game like this, you want it to be clean. You don't want people to catch you off guard. You don't want to have that embarrassing moment. It was a fake punt that went for about 25, 30 yards. And it went right up the middle. Those are the types of things that, as far as film study is concerned, those are the types of things that you can pick up on. Remember, Sam Houston has nothing to lose. This is their FBS debut. They've got a new offensive staff. They've brought in, like I mentioned, over 15 new scholarship athletes. They've gone to the portal. They're trying to build a program. Why would they sit there and try to relax in a game? They're going to come out with some crazy gadgets, some big moments in order to try to catch you off guard. They know if they play, play it safe, they're just going to get pounded. No, they're not going to take the kinds of risks that put them way behind the eight ball. But I do think that they gamble every once in a while like they did against Texas A&M.
2: One of the other things with, and you mentioned it when we were talking with Carlos, uh, Sam Houston has a new offensive coordinator, Coach Cornelson, coming in from Virginia Tech. So I know that a lot of, you know, the BYU coaches, Kalani, even talked about this at the beginning of the week. You know, they're, they're looking at what the offense that he ran at Va Tech looked like yeah. to try and gauge what they may try
3: and do here. You did the same. Yeah, I did, and it's very balanced. He had some good offenses. He had a couple of 400-yard years. He'd been with Virginia Tech since 2016. It's a balanced offense. Typically, it does have an athletic quarterback. We were just talking with Carlos about the quarterback situation, and there are two quarterbacks that are fighting, whether it's Keegan Shoemaker or it's Grant Gannell, Those are two quarterbacks, well, more Shoemaker than Gunnell, that have some athleticism. Shoemaker can't get off on the edge on you. And so that's what you see when you watch Virginia Tech film and you're watching what Cornelson did. He will utilize some of that quarterback mobility. He likes to keep it balanced. He's gonna in a 400-yard game. He's trying to give you 180 or 200 yards rushing and 180, 200 yards passing. So he's very balanced, and he doesn't get outside his skis a lot. Yeah. Other than a lot, other than the gadget plays that sometimes come across as desperation. But that's what Sam Houston has to do to try to be in a game if they're going to be in a game.
2: Well, look, I mean, it's uh, it's sort of similar. Both both teams are looking. Not necessarily at the same film of, of that team. So the offense for Sam Houston is probably looking at a lot of maybe, you know, some of the things that Weaver State did yeah. on defense, just like is looking instead of Sam Houston yeah. offense, they're looking at Virginia Tech. So both sides are are, are looking at, at different teams to try and figure out what, what their opponent tonight's gonna do.
3: Well that's the way of the beast. Yeah. And it's more than it's ever been, Shep. It's almost bizarre just to see all of the coaching changes and all the personnel changes. Because remember, as a def- let's say, say I'm a defensive tackle for BYU. As a defensive tackle for BYU, not only am I responsible for schemes, certain stems and shifts, certain linebacker depths, I'm also responsible for personnel. So when this guy, and I love it, I actually tweeted this out. There's a guy named Meatball Smith on the front, the defensive front for Sam Houston. Of so, course, that's where he's playing. So, yeah, so if I'm a guard and I'm lining up, I got to know a little bit about Meatball Smith. I got to know what makes him tick. I got to know what his, what his movements are. And let's say he came from North Texas, mm-hmm. or let's say he came from Cincinnati, because there's so many different transfers. Now you're not only looking at what a coordinator's doing, you're having to go watch Cincinnati film to see what a defensive tackle is doing. And, and I'm talking every game in multiple positions. Imagine... Sam Houston trying to figure out what A.J. Bompachan is doing and then what Paul Miley is doing and then what Keaton Slovis is doing and then Aiden Robbins is doing. You're all over the map. You're all over the country, dotting eyes at Pitt, coming down to UNLV, staying in the state of Utah, trying to figure out, well, who are these guys I'm playing against? So there is a lot of cuts, and that's why you've got coaches that just sleep in their office because there's hours and hours yeah. and hours of film that has to be cut that every one of these players is studying, trying to understand what that guy in front of him is likely going to do when the ball snaps.
2: All right, what a fun segment. We'll have it for you each week here on Cougar Pregame Live. We talked about this to begin the broadcast. The Cougars have a brand-new quarterback, and you will hear from him next. It's Shep Talk with Keaton Slovis when we return on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America. On the new NewsKid, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard.
2: We're getting ready for game number one of the 2023 BYU football season. It is the Cougars hosting the Bearcats. Keaton Slovis has come to Provo looking to become the Cougars' third straight quarterback to be drafted into the National Football League. He has the skill the will, and I believe an offense that will allow him to shine. Keaton is my guest for the season opening edition of Shep Talk, and I asked him why he has fit in at BYU both on and off the field so seamlessly.
5: Yeah, it's a good question. I kind of asked myself that too because it has, you're right, it has felt that way. Uh, the feeling is mutual, um, and I've heard that from a lot of people in the building and outside you know, the building too, just fans and uh, you know people involved in the program too. Uh, Looking at it mostly, I think, you know, just the, the way, you know, the values that, you know, my teammates and my coaching staff and people in the building share, I think, you know, we pride ourselves on being, you know, a certain way and being selfless, not having too big of an ego, uh, you know, working towards working for the team. And also I think too, like there's a certain security with everybody in the building. Um, I think it allows everyone to kind of be themselves. No one's holding back. Everyone's pretty happy to be here. It's for me too. Like i I think I'm a pretty secure person. I like to be myself, but also just having other people around you who kind of share those values and share that kind of philosophy allows you to be even more yourself. Um, so I think too, um, I've been able to really embrace my own, you know, personality more, and because I think it's been welcomed here more than really anywhere I've ever been, you know, any team I've ever been. So it's been pretty remarkable. And again, I think that's part of the reason I wanted to come here in the first place is because I wanted to find a place that fit me both offensively and football wise, but also just a place that fit me as a person.
2: I know I have felt this. I'm curious if at any point, and look, everybody has their own journey through life. Certain things. Things that get them to where they're going. Have you even given any thought or in the back of your mind thought, man, you know what? Probably wouldn't have been a
5: bad idea if I just started my career here. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I've thought about that too. You know, I was, unfortunately, I didn't get really recruited by BYU out of high school. So uh, <laughs> it was, you know, I don't know if the feeling was mutual then, but I will say like it has in a way, it's kind of like when things were frustrating, especially last year when I was not super happy with my situation and how things worked out and I wanted it to work out that season. Um, it's me made this year's made everything worth it. Just super grateful that this opportunity presented itself, and I think a lot of things kind of had to work for it to work out. And um, you know, again, like it's all part of God's plan, and I feel super blessed to be a part of it. And it's just been kind of wonderful just to have this experience before the season's even started. And again, I have a lot of positive and, and uh, feelings about this season, but uh, just having this experience and be able to call this place home is, uh, you know, it's a remarkable feeling.
2: You've gone through this process of getting ready for a season several times. How has this year been compared to previous seasons, whether it be
5: at US? C or pit. Yeah, look at the seasons that we had the most success or my teams that have the most success. I just felt I just feel so prepared going to the season. Um I think as an offense, we feel pretty prepared. We've we've repped so many plays, you know, that we've run so many times. Um feel so comfortable with the offense and even like the niche things, the situational stuff, the four minute drills, the trick plays, all that stuff I think has been repped so many times. And as an offense, we feel so good and comfortable with um, you know, I feel like we're we're really prepared for the season. And again, I just love the process that Coach Rod has and the rest of the offensive staff has. Um, we're super organized super deliberate and uh you know we're not going to do things just for the sake of doing them we're gonna do things we do well uh we're gonna rep them there's a process um we're super process oriented around here so i feel really confident and, and just super comfortable with everything we got going on right now i
2: am super high on this offense this season i've said that many times on air what about this offense do you think will allow it to be special
5: i just think we have so many so many experienced players on this team uh starting up front everybody has played multiple seasons really uh even the youngins have played you know have a lot of games under their belt and that's pretty rare i think beyond that you know you look at the perimeter you look at the backfield we have so many guys who can go out and make plays and then pair that with an offense coordinator who's had so much success and a guy who's so great at making, you know, putting his playmakers in position to make those plays and, and finding what fits them in their and their uh, skill set and mixing and matching personnel groups and uh, people on the field. Again, to me, like it's just a perfect storm of, you know, people who are working together and also just a good group of guys who are selfless and want to have success as a team and are hungry. Um, kind of mentioned it. We have a lot of guys who, whether the transfers or guys who've been here who, you know, are looking to prove themselves this year and, um, and are hungry for that. And, you know, I think I'm one of those people as well. So again, I think it's just a perfect storm that's culminated. Um, and again, I feel like it's perfect alignment for me and what I'm looking for.
2: Well, BYU is playing its first game as a P5 in the Big 12, Sam Houston is playing its first game as an FBS. What do you know about the Bearcats with a K?
5: Yeah, well, I, I learned that they have a K for the Bearcats. That's pretty <laughs> interesting, cool. Again, just a super well-coached team, and uh, they've had a lot of success at the SCS level. I know it's their first year as an FBS team, but they have a bunch of new kids and a, and a bunch of guys with experience, too. I know they registered a bunch of guys last year in preparation this year. So again, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough task um, competing with them. And uh, again, a super well coach, you see them on film, they're, they're aggressive and they play well on defense. Uh, I think statistically they're pretty high up in almost every category. So uh, again, I think, um, you know, I'm I'm just excited for the opportunity, and uh, you know, it's going to be going to be a fun time playing against them September second.
2: Cougar fans have been waiting for this, not just the new season, but everything that is surrounding this year. What what type of atmosphere do you expect?
5: I'm excited. I'm expecting a pretty good atmosphere. You know, playing against BYU back in the day four years ago, um, I was shocked, and I've heard about it. I knew it was going to be a great atmosphere, but just being there and see how loud it got and the turnout and even just how early people were there for warmups. There's a certain energy and excitement uh, that Cougar fans have for football. That's really unrivaled, I think. And so I'm just excited to see it. And again, it's it's week one and um, it's a non-conference opponent. But again, I think just the energy around the season and the excitement of the new conference and, uh, I think a lot of fans are knowing how big the season is for us. Uh, you know, I'm just excited to see it and excited to, hopefully they'll they'll impress me again and <laughs> exceed my expectations. All right, Keaton, let's
2: wrap it up with the final four questions. You are the first one that gets the new batch of final four of questions. Okay, yeah, all right, here we go. We're going to start it off this way. What is your favorite ice cream flavor and when was the last time you had it?
5: Okay, I got to shout out the Creamery. Best Good ice time. cream in the world. Um I was shocked. I'm an ice cream guy, but the Graham Canyon at the creamery, I took my dad. He was out here visiting like a week or week and a half ago. So I went a week and a half ago, got some Graham Canyon. Wow. It's pretty special. So thank you again for showing me some great ice cream. (laughs) That's another thing.
2: Look, I knew there was going to be an opportunity for this to turn into a plug for the creamery and I'm glad you went there without even having to be told. So thank you. It's amazing. Are you a dog person or a cat person?
5: Definitely a dog person. I had two dogs growing up, love dogs kind of guilted my mom into buying some. So yeah, no, we got huge dog person. I don't have time for and space for dog now, but I'll definitely have a dog in my future too.
2: Okay. You're only allowed to subscribe to one streaming service. Which one do you choose?
5: Oh man, that's, I, I mean, I do have been a Netflix guy historically. But I think HBO's got my new. Um, it's kind of kind of stole my heart. I've it's a good bunch of good shows on there. I started watching Game of Thrones recently. True Detectives is one I watched. There's there's so many good shows and good movies on HBO. I think HBO's kind of kind of won me over. Curb Your Enthusiasm's on HBO. Yep. A lot of great shows. Yeah.
2: All right. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go with Max as Max, your streaming service. Yeah. Okay, all right. Last one. What does being a part of BYU's first P5 season in the Big 12 mean to you?
5: It means a lot. You know, I think we're talking about even at media day, like we're I was the first person to be able to go to a media day. You know, one of the among the first, you know, so to be able to be a part of these inaugural firsts is just uh, such a blessing. And especially to be the quarterback for the team, that's going to be, you know, the, the first team to play in a conference. I know so many people who are BYU people, you know, look back at independence and see us rejoin a conference as like our. We're coming back into the scene and uh, hopefully coming back to, to you know, we've had a lot of great seasons, but kind of back where BYU should be is, is in the conference. So uh, to kind of be a part of that restoration, if you will, is uh, is super exciting and just so much excitement in the building, out the building, and, again, to be the quarterback, uh, you know, on the team is is a, is a blessing.
2: Eden, you're great. I always love uh, getting a chance to talk with you. You're fantastic. Good luck against Sam Houston and good luck this season. Really do appreciate it.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
2: That's the quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Cannot wait to see him take the field officially as the quarterback of the BYU Cougars. Coming up next, we'll take you around the day in the Big 12 Conference. Hey, if you guys heard we're in the Big 12 now? How about that? That's what I'm talking about. The Big 12 Blitz coming your way next. You're tuned to Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar pregame live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Mountain America Credit Union
2: is the official credit union of BYU athletics. Welcome back into Cougar Canyon. We are on the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium getting ready for the season opener as your BYU Cougars take on the Sam Houston Bearcats. And uh, Hans, we I don't know if it's gotten a lot of attention, but BYU's in the Big 12 now. Yes,
3: there's a lot of attention.
2: (laughs) So what has been so much fun? Last year, I I followed the Big 12 scores happily just simply because we knew what BYU was coming into. Now watching the games, it's a completely different scenario. And what a game we had today between Colorado and number 17 TCU. I
3: even tweeted out, is there a chance we had the game of the year in week one? Everything that was built around that game. There was so much excitement just to see what Coach Prime would do and see a team that last year was in the national championship game, how they were going to represent what they could do, because they had to rebuild. There was a lot of pieces that they lost, and they had to rebuild. And they come out and Colorado put on a show. Yeah. It was just an offensive spectacle. Nobody could really stop anybody. There were a couple of interceptions. Colorado really ended up winning it because they got a couple of interceptions. But Shadour Sanders, the son of Dion Sanders, is the real deal. And I think TCU is a beatable team. When I looked across the board today with the Big 12, I watched Texas, Texas against Rice. Mm-hmm. It, it really didn't blow me away. It didn't look like a team that BYU didn't have a chance against. I watched TCU against Colorado. They've got a lot of defensive parts that I like, and they've got a lot of missing parts. They gave up a lot of deep balls. There was a lot downfield. If Keaton Slovis can hit some deep targets, they could do the same. There's a couple of teams that, I, that do worry me, worry me. Kansas State is one of those teams. I was just talking with our sideline voice, Mitch Jurgens, and I said Kansas State is the real deal. Right now they're leading 35-0 over Southeast Missouri State. That's not a big deal, Yeah. but Kansas State's a big deal. They've got four NFL offensive linemen that's protecting a very good quarterback, and it's going to be a really good offense. It's going to be very difficult to stop. But how about this? Baylor right now. Getting run by Texas State. This one, yeah, this one was a shocker when I saw this score. Yeah, Baylor getting run by Texas State. They just scored as we were speaking. But it's 28-13 for Texas State. And, of course, Texas State comes to you out of the Sun Belt. So, and remember who Baylor ho- takes uh, their approach next week. Yeah. They host the University of Utah. Yes, they do. So right right out of the gates, Baylor is having some struggle with Texas State. Houston is currently in a good game with Texas San Antonio Oklahoma State is going to be another very tough game at the end of the season. Yeah, last regular season On game the road, in Yep. It's going to be very difficult. But this is the one I like right now. You've got number seven Penn State that's currently leading 14-7 over West Virginia. And West Virginia, under Neil Brown, is a team that needed to do better. You needed to see improvement. And you're seeing it right now from West Virginia. They're holding their own right now with five minutes left in the second quarter against the seventh-ranked team in the country, Penn State. So I like what I'm seeing there from West Virginia. Good talent, good teams across the board. But Shep, there really isn't a team that I look at in the Big 12 that I think, nah, BYU doesn't have a chance. There's not a single team. Well, that's been the MO of this conference. And we've had, and I'm
2: not, I'm not just saying that as somebody from a BYU standpoint looking at it, we've had... People on our shows that have covered the Big 12 for years, they're like, that's what this conference is. You could have one dominant team or one team win the league, and then the next year a different team, and then the third team win it the third year in a row. That's what this conference is capable of.
3: Yeah, it is crazy. I do think Texas Tech is going to be better than a lot of people project. I know they slipped into the back end of the top 25 on the coaches poll. They missed on the top 25 on the AP poll. But Texas Tech is going to be really – really dangerous. Yes, I agree
2: with you. And by the way, besides BYU, Texas Tech is the only other Big 12 team that has yet to kick off. Uh, Texas Tech at uh, Wyoming, uh, so they're hanging out in Laramie tonight, which I'm sure they're excited about. Uh, And that game gets underway in uh, actually in about uh, two or three minutes. That game is set to kick off. And then obviously our game between BYU and Sam Houston a little after eight o'clock, some other finals from earlier today. How about seventy-three nothing? Number twenty, Oklahoma over Arkansas yeah. State. Again, it's Arkansas State, but this Oklahoma offense just put up seventy-three.
3: That was a that was a really big statement. That's what you needed to do, and they went out and did it seventy-three nothing. And then I was impressed by Cincinnati. Cincinnati went and put sixty-six points on the 66-13 board. Sixty-six thirteen over Eastern Kentucky. Which again, it's Eastern Kentucky. I get it, but this okay, but this is to the point. BYU needs to put up this type of performance against Sam Houston tonight. Just to tell the conference, okay, look, that's really nice, Oklahoma. I like the 73. Cincinnati, nice. I like the 66. Really nice big old goose egg there for Arkansas State. Nice job only letting 13 on the board for Eastern Kentucky. Uh, oh, yeah, we can do that too. Yeah. BYU kind of, they, they need to make a statement like that with Sam Houston. This is a really good test, Shep. I can't even tell you how perfectly this game lines up for BYU to start the season. This is the perfect opponent across the board. And, and look, I could do four more hours of this show with you and go into depth why it's the perfect opponent. But just coming into FBS, they got an infusion in money. They got an infusion in talent. They hired a new offensive staff. And it's kind of the unexpected. It's an FBS school. But... They're undersized across the front. They're primed for the picking, and BYU has to go in there and just dominate, just thump them from the very beginning.
2: All right, that's our Big 12 Blitz. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will visit with the voice, the voice of the Cougars. Greg Rubel joins us next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back. Cougar pregame live coming to you live
2: from Cougar Canyon on the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is BYU and Sam Houston. And calling the game tonight with our guy, Hans, the voice of the Cougars now joins us. How about a round of applause for Mr. Greg Rubell? Let's go. There we go. Louder. There we go. Louder. Yeah, so, you can do so better than that.
1: Mark, Mark Lyons would always go, no, no, please no. And then he'd go, no, come on, come on, come on. So uh, yeah, yeah. Really the season's nice. here,
2: Greg. It, it is. is
1: here. I just finished my eighth season opening interview with Kalani Sitake. Just finished with him, and uh, he's in good spirits. The place was, uh, as the kids say, bumping, uh, the <laughs> locker room. Uh, it's, it's a happy mood right now down there. These guys are ready to roll.
3: Well, we just saw him come through the Cougar Walk, and it was awesome. He Hand mentioned that, he mentioned everybody.
1: how the, he said the energy of the Cougar Walk just felt a little different, a little something special tonight as he came through.
3: Well, it's the Big 12 Cougar Walk. I mean, he's walking high and mighty right now, you know, part of the Big 12. It's got to be exciting for him. Did he mention just kind of that excitement starting into a new venture?
1: He's been asked so much about the Big 12 for 24 months now i think he's just excited to go put some product on the field and show people what byu is ready to do in its new conference he did mention the fact that he did watch some big 12 football today he said he's he said he's excited to 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 be at the end of this day he said we're used to these late nights being the final kind of game of the night he's excited to get out there and uh, and do it again
2: well coming into this game we knew there was going to be one player who was done for the year and that was micah harper you've had a chance to talk with kalani Give us some personnel news and notes.
1: Yeah, so uh, no Micah Harper. And then his backup, Talon Alfrey, goes out almost you know, soon thereafter. And so uh, the positive news there is that while Micah is a season-ending deal, Talon should be back. And so uh, exactly when, we're not quite sure. But he mentioned it again today in our pregame that Talon is, is somebody they're expecting to come back. Uh, and and then you're looking at Ethan Slade as as the next safety to work opposite Malik Moore. So you're looking at Malik Moore and Ethan Slade. Uh, backups being Tanner Wall and Crew Wakely on the corners. They feel really good about Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson. I think Cam Garrett's your next guy if you're if, if you're in nickel and we're gonna you're gonna see some some nickel out of Jay Hill. Cam's got guys. So people get people get used to Cam Garrett pretty quickly. Another Weber State transfer. Eddie gets all the pub, but Cam Garrett's no slouch at that at, at that nickel spot either. So then probably your fourth DB. Mori Bamba, maybe Caleb Christensen. That's kind of where they st- look at secondary depth. And then linebacker solid right now. These guys stay healthy. It's a great crew. A.J. Von Pachon, Ben Bywater, Max Tuli. Your next guy's there. Isaiah Glasker. We saw a lot of good things from Isaiah Glasker in the lead up to the season. And uh, Harrison Taggart. Might be ready to go sooner than people meet up. He, he was former Oregon guy. Yeah, he, he's, he's right in the mix, I think, as, as a backup on that 2D. A lot of D linemen are going to play, and, and Jay Hill said that's where you know we'll likely rotate the most, and that's pretty typical. But uh, Banya and Batty on the ends, Cravens and, and Mahe, and uh, and guys like even David Latu could get in the mix inside. So I know they, had, they, like, they like how they look there as well. The one personnel note he is watching was Cody Epps. They're going to warm Cody up. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cody doesn't play uh, tonight in the opener. Uh, be cautious. Be careful with him. Uh, a little banged up coming into game one. So they said they would they would keep an eye on Cody. Uh, I think in Kalani's words, there was a chance he wouldn't go tonight. I think is how he put it. So uh, that would be the one guy I wouldn't be surprised to not see. So uh, if they were to open in three wides... Uh, on first down, my guess is those guys would be Chase Roberts, Darius Lassiter, and Keelan Marion. Uh, and two of those guys are two new. Two of those guys are new. But they've, 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 they've stepped right in. Keanu Hill clearly in the mix, too. I mean, not, not to downplay him, but I think they're kind of watching him a little bit as well. Uh, so, you know, maybe a ton of reps for Keelan that way. Uh, but those are, your, those are your wide receivers along with uh, Parker Kingston and Joe might even you know kind of be in the mix with Cody I think taking a step back tonight
3: well I know Jay Hill is going to be on the look for a really good physical active safety because in this defense the way they scheme the defense that safety can be one of the most damaging parts to an offense the way they blitz it the way they use it in run support those these in the Jay Hill defense can be superstars
1: so how do you feel then about Malik Moore and Ethan Slade right now
3: against Sam Houston I think you can get it done I sure want to see Talon Alfre get back quickly, but I really wish that you had Harper because I think yeah. Harper would have been that piece, yeah. but, but against this offense, I think you're going to be okay. But, it, and obviously you adjust yes. how you use your safety. If you've got an active physical yeah. safety, you can run so many different blitzes. It's incredible watching Jay Hill's defense. They'll walk that safety up on a three technique. And he'll fire across the defensive guard's face, and you'll run a stunt with the defensive end with the safety in the defense. So you've got to have a really unique safety piece, and it's a bummer that Harper is out. But I do believe when Alfrey gets back, I think he can be the piece. I just don't have a lot of background with Ethan Slade. I'm going to keep a close eye on him as this game kicks off
1: no starts in 13 career games played for ethan last year did have 18 tackles a tackle for loss and and three breakups up uh, three pass breakups coming back uh, the big three right now would be aiden robbins lj martin and Dion smith lj got himself right into the group uh and we're waiting to see what uh what, what hinkley status will be in the short and long term and uh, you already know that uh, Keaton Slovis will be QB1, and hopefully he stays that way all season.
2: So many new things, but uh, now, that, now that you're here,
1: the new radio analyst, uh, he's killed, by the way, the first hour. I've, of been, listening. I, I've been listening. I've been ha- I've had. A, I've had an earbud, earbud in. in and I've been listening as I've been walking around and going up and down and doing everything else, and uh, I'm just so glad to hear his voice with us now. And I think nation uh, Cougar fans, enjoy what Hans has to say today, tonight and uh, for hopefully seasons to come
3: uh, I'm gonna do everything I can yeah. not squeeze you too hard I just I, I, <laughs> well, I I've had that's everything.
1: why I put a spotter between uh Hans and myself <laughs> yes. I need a bit of a buffer in the booth I because just wanna, I just uh, want to rough I, you I, up I think it's gonna happen so uh yeah. McKay our spotter will be uh will be the man in the middle well
3: yeah. I want to tell you too Greg and I go way back we, we go back, back to 1997 I think it was when I first met you and watching Greg out on the field and the work that he put in with the team and built such a great relationship with the players. Everybody respected him and trusted him. And it's just been easy to love the guy for many years. So it's fun to finally be in the booth, have an opportunity to be a part of the broadcast, and I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be with him. And, of course, Jason, you again, and now all our Cougar listeners and Cougar fans here right. at Cougar Canyon. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It- BYU football. It certainly is. Yep.
2: And uh, with that, I will say goodbye to both of you, thank Greg. You. Thank you so much. Hans, fantastic thank job. Thank you. We'll let you guys get up to the uh, press box. Please make sure you save as much to Connell's for me as possible. Don't <laughs> eat it all. That's not happening. Okay, well, that's at least I know ahead of time. It's guys, going down. There we go. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. All right, coming up next, Mitchell Juergens, our sideline reporter, is going to join us on the other side. First, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. From a
2: headline perspective or storyline What's got your attention heading into this game in this season?
6: Yeah, I, I've got a couple of them. Number one, and it's probably on you know a lot of people's minds. How good is Keaton Slovis? Um, I, I mean, th- this guy's a he's passed for nearly ten thousand yards in his career through U- uh, you know with his time at USC with Pitt, and um, I mean this is a guy that, that I mean we're hearing such um, positive things about through camp. I mean- that's earned the locker room, has built incredible chemistry with his wide receivers. But if you look back, you know, to the past two quarterbacks for BYU, these are two draft picks. Um, is Keaton Slovis going to be a guy heading into a season that is going to be challenging? Um, this is obviously, you know, the, the, the most P5 schools that BYU is going to face in their career, um, behind a guy that this is going to be his first time suiting up in the in the BYU blue and so I I think you know for me it's it's how good is this guy we hear about his arm talent We, we we know he has NFL potential can he deliver as a BYU quarterback that we're hoping um and I'm excited about it I mean it's it's this this is fun he's he's uh he's a guy that's come in and again like I said earned the locker room and a guy that we're just all rooting for um One of the other things, though, that I think is an incredible storyline is the amount of transfers that not only are starting, but also that are going to get key playing time um, that, I mean, with these new guys coming in, um, they're pushing the current roster members of – this BYU team, and this is what you want. When you have transfers coming in, um, you know, getting accustomed to a new program, um, they're, you know, they're diving into the film room. They're they're pushing these guys, and that's what you want. Is this going to elevate the overall that BYU has, um, and, and I, I think the answer is yes. Um, they're, I mean, you, you're seeing it. They're, they've earned starting roles in the short amount of time that they've put on the BYU Blue in, in practice uniforms, and so I, I love to see it. Who's going to continue to rise up, make an impact, uh, which has been just impressive um,
2: and, and remarkable for these guys coming in in a short amount of time and doing Your entire career was played as an independent With BYU going into the Big 12, what would this opportunity have meant to you? Yeah, I mean, Big
6: 12, I'm a little biased towards the Big 12 as well. You're a Houston guy. Yeah, being from Houston, growing up with with a love for, for Texas football. And so Big 12, I mean, that was a dream of mine. I had two dreams, play for BYU. But if I couldn't play for BYU, I wanted to be a part of the Big 12. Um, I was just uh, bored a couple of years too early because this would have been <laughs> this would have been an experience. But I, I think what's what's so awesome about it. I mean, my my independent experience was awesome. Um, you played, you got to experience, uh, or the thrill of independence was going to a, a you know a whole new set of venues right. every single year, playing some some teams that you're just not going to rub shoulders with year after year. But when you come to the Big 12, you get into a conference. What's so exciting about this is you're playing the same teams, you're playing the same players year after year with something to prove. Um, You know, if you get embarrassed one year, you can't let it happen the next year because you know they're back up on the schedule. Um, And so I think this is just an incredible opportunity. Every single week matters um, when you get into Big 12 play. Um, And so it's just uh, it's going to be fun. It's exciting. I mean, you you feel the buzz. You feel the energy. And and I know that the Big 12 is, is a big part of that.
2: Let's talk about your position, the receiver's position. Obviously losing a guy like Puka Nakua now obviously looks to be making his mark with the Los Angeles Rams, which is awesome as a fifth-round draft pick. But, you know, Gunnar Romney is gone. Uh, We heard from Greg. We may not see Cody Epps tonight. That's sort of a game-time decision. Um, But without having a, at least on paper day one or game one, not having a guy like Puka, what do you make of this receiving core?
6: Yeah, I, I mean, this receiving core, I think the benefit here, and, and it's, it's hard to say. You, you, know, you, look, you compare it to last year's receiving core, and it's going to be really hard to say, hey, this receiving core is going to be better, they're going to be stronger. Because a guy like Puka, I mean, Puka's one of potentially the greatest receivers to come through BYU history yep. uh, with his impact and also what he's going to go on to do in the NFL. Um, so they're not there yet, but what excites me is that they can do it with their depth. Um, the depth is, is remarkable. I mean, you're bringing guys back. Yes, we, we're not going to see um, Cody tonight, or most likely. Um, uh, but when he's healthy, Cody, Chase, Keanu, these are guys that have been involved in the program for a long time. Even Isaac Rex go to the tight end group. Um, as they continue to mature as players, which they should do, they're going to get better. They're going to get more experience. And then you bring these newcomers, again, with a lot of fire. And what I love about these two newcomers, um, they've been some of the most consistent players in camp through their health. I mean, they're, they're there every single day. They're building chemistry with Keen Slovis. And, uh, you know, the reports that I'm hearing about from, uh, from Lasseter is that he's got some of the strongest hands um, that we've seen. And so, I, I mean, these are very talented uh, a, a talented bunch of receivers. And you're talking about Darius
2: Lasser and Keelan yes. Marion. Yep.
6: Yes, Lassiter and Keelan Marion. Um, Lassiter, the one that I was referring to as kind of having the, some of the strongest hands that we have ever seen, um, they're, they're going to make an impact. And, and collectively, if you're going to succeed in the Big 12, you have to have depth um I and mean, we're seeing it to, uh, even today with the scores coming through i mean these are high scoring offenses you need to rely on your receivers and it can't just be one or two guys you've got to have depth you're gonna have there's gonna be some dings and dents along the way we're already seeing it a little bit with cody epps um and so you've got to have some some depth to rely on um and and, and that's what's exciting and i think uh um, it just gets me the most hopeful for this season with the receiving core is they've got a lot of guys to rely on.
2: Well, look, I mean, I know he's not a receiver, he's a tight end, but it also helps to have a healthy uh, Isaac Rex yep. out there too, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
6: You know, Throw a jump ball up to Isaac <laughs> Rex <right>. and you <laughs> got a better than 50-50 chance. Yes. Let him go get it. Yeah.
2: All right, last question. Let's go to the other side. Knowing what we know about new defensive coordinator Jay Hill and what he wants to do defensively, how excited are you to watch the defense this year?
6: Yeah, so excited. I, I mean, it, the, the scheme I, I think I'm very excited for, um, the aggression, the havoc that this defense is going to uh, aim to make on opposing quarterbacks and backfields, um, but also I, I want to see how they handle the adversity. We're seeing it, right? Micah Harper goes down for the season. We heard him talk about it in the last segment. Talon Alfrey's down. Um, good news that it's not going to be for the entire season, but we don't know when he's coming back. Um, so who's going to step up, and how is Jay Hill going to you know, configure the defense to ensure that there aren't any weak spots, uh, which we're confident that he can do. And so I'm just really excited to see the product that he's, he's going to put out there. Um, one of the things that I like, too, is uh, um, the, the vibe that I get from this Jay Hill defense is – I get more of a, a play-to-win strategy rather than a play-not-to-lose strategy, which yeah. the end result is the same, right? Okay, win or don't lose. But it's, it's the a same, mindset change. But it's a mindset and a mentality, and that aggression, the energy that – that this team is going to bring, um, I I get those vibes as, hey, we're going to do everything that we possibly can to win. We're going to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, And they've got, you know, they've recruited the right guys through the transfer portal um, to do it. Um, You know, speed on the edges, strong guys in the middle. Um, Our backers, I think, are, you know, and again, you heard Greg say it, as long as they can stay healthy, this is one of the, I think, core groups uh, or core, core position groups mm-hmm. um, for this BYU football team that that is just incredible. It's not just the strength. They're fast. They're, they're agile. Um, they can do a lot of damage. And so um, I'm just really excited to see how Jay Hill's going to use uh, the the resources and the tools that he has in these players' skill sets uh, because uh, with a mind like his and then the, the athletic ability um, of these players, I mean, um, it, it could be a fun season, but we've got to see some guys step up.
2: All uh, right, before I let you go, this is sort of a little peek behind the so Mitch is obviously our sideline reporter so he's outside and he's got all this equipment. We have dialed it up perfect for you. Not only yeah. great weather, but you have the least amount of equipment you have <laughs> ever had to strap on your body to do a broadcast, don't
6: we? It's amazing. It's amazing. This is I don't have to get a new belt every season just because of, you know, the the, the so equipment heavy? weighing it yes. down and we did that
2: just for you. Actually, Greg did that just for you. It's exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. All right, Mitch. Great job. Appreciate it. Can't wait to hear you on the broadcast. Yeah. We'll let you go. Thanks, Jason. There we go. That's the great Mitchell Juergens. You will hear him on the broadcast roaming the sidelines during the broadcast tonight. On the other side, what do football and hot yoga have in common? Well, both are brought up in my conversation with Sam Houston head coach Casey Keeler That's next on Mountain America Credit Union Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the
2: Bearcats, Casey Keeler. He is certainly no stranger to success throughout his career, and specifically at Sam Houston, he helped lead the Bearcats to become an FCS power, including winning an FCS championship during the 2020-2021 season. I asked him what the jump to FBS this season has done for his program even before they play their first game.
7: We've obviously always had, um, you know, a great to recruit from obviously the success you know kind of speaks for itself but the move to fbs has really sort of taken it to a new level um because you know we battle the nevadas and the unlvs and the colorado states that come into texas trying to take texas kids and and you know take them uh, out of state And now you know division one football is right down the road for a lot of these guys i always say that you know when i stand on the 50 yard line In Bauer Stadium, and you draw a a three-and-a-half-hour radius around me, I have the greatest high school football in America right here. And we recruit Texas, Texas, and Texas. And, um, you know, we'll take some transfers from outside the state, but, you know, 16 of our our recruits last year, you know, high school recruits, 15 were from Texas. One was from Oklahoma. You know the move to FBS has just made that even more inviting, um, because again, now you get a chance to you know play in a big time. Uh, you get a chance to play some big time environments, like you know playing at BYU, and we have Air Force the next week down in Energy Stadium, and then we're going down to play at the University of Houston in their stadium. So you get a chance to play some big time college football. Conference USA I think is an underrated conference. I mean, you look at what Liberty's done. You look at what Western Kentucky's done. I mean, there's some good football teams in this conference. Again, you know it's a great sell for us that you a chance to play FBS football and you can uh, do it right down the road.
2: You're getting a lot of talent back this season from red shirts last year. You decided to redshirt, I think 15 guys and have them ready for this year. How much impact have those players already made heading into the season?
7: First of all, you get guys who... I mean, a lot of these guys played in the national championship run, so you have guys who you know have experience have had success are great leaders, great football players. I mean they get a guy back like Trevor Williams, you know they get a guy like Mar- back like Markel Perry um you know Ethan Hagler took a red shirt. You know, Ife Dei and, and Noah Smith, two great wide receivers, took red shirts. So to get all those guys back, but not only their talent, but just also their chemistry in the locker room, you know, is a big deal. You know, what we did with them last year, pretty much got their four games over with fairly early, and then we had them do individual and then go to the weight room, you know, and, and just train because, like, you know, I didn't want them to stand around practice. I wanted to, you know, keep, you know, growing them as players. But, you know, getting those guys back uh, is huge, and uh, I think it was the only way we... We would have any chance to move into us, you know, not only Conference USA and, and FBS, but also just the schedule that we have taken on this first year. I think it would be a real struggle if we didn't, uh, you know, take those red shirts like we did last year.
2: You brought in a new offensive coordinator for this season as well. What is your hope for the offense this season? What does success on that side of the ball look like to you?
7: So we'll be a team that plays with tempo at times. Um, You'll see us uh, different formations and personnel groups and those things. You know, there was a point early in my time here at Sam Houston, I think we led the country in scoring four of our first five years or something like that. And I actually changed the offense. And it wasn't all about scoring points, it was trying to win a national championship. And so we went to more of a a system where you're going to see different personnel groups, different motions and shifts, and, you know, try to use scheme also with talent. Because what we found was when we were playing the North Dakota States and the South Dakota States and uh, James Madison to the world. Just playing fast wasn't good enough. You had to do some things to scheme with them, and you know we made that move. and And it took us a couple of years to to get back on track. And you know we went and won a national championship and ended up winning twenty one straight games uh, in a ten month period. So that move did work. Coach Corn, he brings that. You know, he's a guy who really. Th- knows how to use his talent, use his personnel. Uh, again, you're going to see us playing with different tempos. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy where we are in terms of my vision of what this offense should be.
2: I heard you say that you have no intention of going into the season playing two quarterbacks, but you do have a decision to make at that position. What's going to be the determining factor for you in making that decision?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, like Coach Korn and, and myself will get together just and say, okay, you know, what does this look like? I mean, both these guys have played really well during training camp. You know, they both was a little bit different, just a little bit, but they their skills complement each other also. I, I feel good that it's come down to, you know, a battle. I always talk about, you know, the fact that Keegan Shoemaker, um, this couldn't be done without your starter from last year embracing, I want to get better. And I know I need to sing for my supper and like, go ahead, coach, let's do it. Like, it, this was not a like, Hey, we have to explain and massage this. It was like, I get it. You know, we're trying to be great and you're trying to make me better. I know Grant. And in fact, I remember in the hallway when they first saw each other and they hugged it out, you know, Hey, remember youth football when you were and and, but that's the kind of players we have a kind of, you know, I call my kids, the kind of kids we have, it's like, they know that this place is all about being the best and all about getting better. And, you know, competition is part of the deal here.
2: Let's go to the other side of the ball. Your defense should be able to hit the ground running. How well equipped are you on that side of the ball to be good right away?
7: Well, yeah, I mean, Trevor Williams is one of the best football players you'll see. I mean, if he's five, eight and a half, you know, I'm six foot three. And, and I mean, he's just, you know, I, I was blessed that, you know, I was with the Philadelphia stars for a small time. And I, I knew who I knew Sam Mills and Sam Mills grew up in New Jersey. And I was coached in New Jersey. So I had a little bit of a relationship with Sam Mills and, and he's Sam Mills. I mean, you know, Sam Mills might be an inch and a half taller and maybe about maybe 10, 15 pounds heavier, but, but well, he's just all over the field and he is decisive and he is downhill and he's just uh you know i mean, I was in yoga yesterday, a voluntary yoga class, and there he was right next to me. I mean you know he's just one of those guys already has his master's degree, you know, just blessed to have a guy who's a, a four uh four time captain uh so uh, yeah we you know we got markel perry and and trevor williams, and we got we got some guys like that, Javon Leon and some guys that have been in the program for a while, and you know it was great being able to bring those guys back either for a last year or for an extra year.
2: You brought up yoga, and even though I've never practiced yoga, I think that's probably the best way to say, it. I think you're supposed to say you practice it. I'm fascinated with hot
7: yoga. Have you ever done hot yoga? Yeah. Love me some hot yoga. <laughs> the thing about being living in, in Texas, yeah, I think we've had, I think it was like 108 two days ago. So like hot yoga, I mean, we are in hot yoga all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I back in the day, I had taken a number of hot yoga classes with my wife and love that hot yoga.
2: All right, there we go. One of these days, I'm going to have to try it. All right, last thing. And just like you guys are going through a lot of firsts, BYU's beginning some firsts. Its first season as a P5. It's the first season with the Big 12 patch on the jerseys and on the field. What do you make of this Cougar team you'll face?
7: Well, yeah, and I think that was the impetus of them deciding, like, listen, you know, we have some deficiencies we need to go solve those deficiencies quickly with some transfers. And, you know, I think Slovis, I mean, I mean, sky's the limit with him. You know, I mean, he's really talented. Uh, just can sling it all over the field. You know, a lot of experience. He's played in a lot of games, a lot of big games. And it's tough to find guys like that that can come in. And then, you know, I think they did a great job in the D-line. I uh, really like uh, some of the guys in the secondary they got, too. So, I you know, th- they took three transfer offensive linemen. So, uh, yeah, I think they feel the same way we do. We're We're stepping up. I think they feel they're stepping up. Now, they've always played you know power five teams but now you know you're going to have a a real power five schedule that's going to i mean a conference that's going to be grueling week in and week out i think they're going to see it the same way we do you know we had to step our game up i think they felt they had to step their game up too
2: all right that was sam houston head coach casey keeler back to wrap it up after this on the new skin byu sports network
0: BYU in the Big 12 plays right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right,
2: that's a wrap for Mountain America Credit Union at Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and the head coach, Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: the 2023 college football season, good evening Cougar football fans and welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the beautiful Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah for the season opener of BYU's 99th gridiron campaign in the first season of Power Conference football. The Cougars tonight kicking off their Big 12 era against the team kicking off its FBS era. It's BYU against Sam Houston in a Saturday night showdown. I'm your play-by-play broadcaster, Greg Rubel. Privileged and so pleased to be back in the booth for another year of Cougar football. It is my 23rd season on the play-by-play headset and my 32nd year on the BYU radio team overall, and it was back during my sideline reporter days on Paul James's crew in the 1990s that I first met the man I get to introduce to you now. He came from Weezer, Idaho, to Provo. Back in 1996, and then from 97 through 2000, he played for Lavelle Edwards and with Kalani Sitake. He had a BYU bloodline and a football family name. He was a player with a personality as big as his frame. And from then till now, he's been a natural on the microphone. As an interview subject in his college and pro playing days, and now as a sports talk show host and a game analyst in his post-football career, he is Hans Olsen. He slides into the BYU broadcast booth for the first time tonight. Hans, on behalf of Cougar Nation, I welcome you to the team, and I'm looking forward to many great years on the headset with you. I can't wait to get this season started tonight, and I know BYU fans everywhere are eager to hear from you, learn from you, react to you, and enjoy the game with you. Hans, I'm honored to be your partner. Welcome back to BYU. Well,
3: it gives me the chills. I am just full of chills right now. And I understand why you've done this for 32 years. After the food, the hospitality, the people, the entertainment, this amazing views of the Wasatch Mountains with the big Y up on the mountain, all of the fans that came out for pregame. I see why you can't ever leave this. It was 32. It's going to be 64 by the time we're done. I'm not leaving. You're going to have to get a crowbar to get me out of this booth now because it's mine. I love it up here, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for this opportunity. The moment you called me, I had this overwhelming sense of gratitude. And I'm so thankful, Greg. And I'm so grateful that I get to bring what my vision of football is to the football fan.
1: Well, you look great up here, and you sound great on the air, and I can't wait to get it going. It is a new look and a sound on the radio broadcast and a phase for BYU football that's new, too, as the Kooks tonight play their first-ever game as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Twelve years as an independent gave BYU a pretty good runway to prepare the hands, though, for power conference football. And while the schedule opens with two manageable games, let's say, uh, the Kooks will soon be in that week-to-week big-time grind.
3: It's going to get difficult for him and it kicks off with arkansas goes right into kansas and you've got two of the best quarterbacks in the country in arkansas in kansas both of them mobile durable quarterbacks it's going to get brutal but greg that's why we've seen so many moves by byu to get ready for that thing you bring in a new defensive coordinating staff you bring in transfer portal guys in fact you've got 11 transfer portal guys that are 2023 transfer portal guys that are going to be playing on the field tonight. So you do so many things to gear up, to get ready for that depth, to get ready for that demand.
1: Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, ahead of his team's battle with the Bearcats. That's straight ahead as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. My pregame conversation with Kalani after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The pre Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's Greg Rubel.
1: Coming your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, as BYU tonight plays for a fourth consecutive season opening win and a seventh lid-lifting victory in Kalani Sitake's eight seasons as BYU head coach. Tonight, it is BYU and Sam Houston for the first time, as the Bearcats make the move from FCS to FBS. Sam Houston all-time, 3-30. and 30 against FBS foes and 0-14 against power conference programs of course all those games played as an FCS member. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed Zions Bank is for you and tonight Kalani talks about the chance to open the season at home for only the third time in his eighth season.
8: Yeah really really special and uh, you can feel the energy from the fans I don't know if we've had that many people at a Cougar walk um, before, but it seems like the, the the Rock's ready to go and the fans are ready to go. So, uh, you know, we've been waiting for this opportunity to to represent the Big 12 with that patch on our shoulder. And so now we're, we're here, the season's arrived, and we're looking forward to this first game against Sam Houston.
1: You have been doing this for a long time, but does opening day still feel a certain special way that you just can't beat?
8: Oh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's probably a little bit different than anything else because there's so many unknowns. And we know that we're going into this game where there's probably a little bit more with Sam Houston than, than what we thought before, uh, compared to other years. But also, the, um, you know, there's a personnel, too. It's, it, most of the time, you can see a, a film and you can see what type of talent they have. They redshirted these guys, mm-hmm. a good number of them. And so um, you can see a little bit of the four games that they played last year, that they have some really good talent, and uh, they have really good coaching. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the matchup. but you know, for our guys, it's just focus on what we do best and focus on the fundamentals of the technique and then just kind of, you know, whatever whatever happens, just make sure that we maintain our, our emotions and, and keep them in check but then whether it's positive or negative, make sure that we uh, we know what we're actually doing, what we're trying to accomplish.
1: Their head coach, Casey Keeler, Keeler is a winner. He's brought in a, a P5 offensive coordinator. What do you expect from a Brad Cornelson offense?
8: Yeah, I did some great things at Virginia Tech and, and uh, I think he knows how to uh, utilize his his, uh, his talent and so I, I think they have. We kind of have an, an idea of what we think they want to do. It's just a matter of seeing what they're going to, if they're going to do that or not. Uh, you know, in this first game, we feel really comfortable with our our personnel and our talent defense. Uh, so we just need to see if we can match up with them and, and seeing what they're trying to do schematically. But uh, overall, when it comes down to it, it's going to be us doing all the little things right, and making sure that we're um, not giving up layups and things like that, and so uh, and, and not missing ours. So that for our for what we're trying to get done is there's a lot of things that goes into day one game one Um, we're trying to control the emotions I feel like the guys are in really good focus right now I can feel it from them and uh, I want them to be able to use the energy from the fans uh, going into this game.
1: How do you feel like you got to game one personnel-wise after a month of hard football getting ready for the season?
8: Well, obviously the, the injuries to the safeties, uh, that hurts our depth and hurts our, our team not having those guys, but uh, we feel really good about the other guys that are that are there. There's a reason why we wanted to make an attempt to get a deeper team. Uh, we knew that this could possibly happen, and it just happened in our, in our, our live physical camp that we had. And, and um, un- unfortunate, but... Uh, we're, we're hoping that uh, you know for this week we're not going to see talent, but hopefully we get him back later. And and we're going to wish for Micah to get better. And and he had a successful surgery, so you know we'll we'll get him. He's still on the team. We still need both those guys, but there's a few others that are that are possibly going to miss this game. But uh, for the most part, I like the core. I like the talent. I like the belief in in, in what we're doing on all three phases. And I, I'm looking forward to having it perform tonight.
1: You were alluding to Micah Harper and Talon Alfrey at safety. Ethan Slade gets a starting spot, then opposite Malik Moore.
8: Yeah, and just have a lot of confidence in Ethan and what his abilities are. He's really instinctive, makes a lot of big plays. Um, He's been doing that for years now, and so he he brings a lot to the table as far as what Jay wants to utilize, uh, our strong safety. Uh, He can do a lot of different things, and, and I think that Uh, you know Jay's gonna mix in some of the other guys as well so I feel good with the whole entire group and then having Malik being a veteran have so many years uh, under his belt and as a starter uh, it's been it's been really nice having him be be like I remember when he was the young new kid and now he's the veteran and it's he's done a great job leading these guys.
1: Jay said D-line likely rotates the most and you've got some guys to bring in.
8: Yeah and, and I think we you know Looking at it, it's good to get nice up back, healthy, and good to uh, the addition of Jackson. Obviously, we have uh, Isaiah Bagna and, and Tyler Batty on the edge, and then, and then mixing in the other guys with Caden Haas, John Nelson, um, David Latu in the interior. We, we feel like there's a bunch of guys that we can utilize there, and then having the other DNs uh, mix up if we need them. But uh, for the most part, we want to get quick outs, and we want to make sure that we uh, you know create some havoc and then control the run game. And not just have this be this thing be a track meet. We saw that a lot so far in college football today. and mm. We just want to make sure that we control it and and um, you know get the ball back to our offense so they can do what they do best, which is score.
1: You saw that TCU Colorado game. Yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> that was
8: uh, an eye opener. But you know it goes to show that when you do things right, and as far as it, everyone believes in each other and all eleven guys are functioning on on all three phases, not just the offense, but you get the results that you want. And so. Uh, for us, it's it good to play these late night games because you watch all the football that happens ahead of time and you see some of the mistakes that happen and uh, just make sure that we don't make those same mistakes, that we find a way to learn.
1: Okay. Any offensive personnel notes that you're watching tonight?
8: Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Keaton, obviously, and the whole entire offensive unit. Um, uh, I think Isaac Rex, has looked, he, he hasn't looked any better than he is right now. We, we're obviously um, feeling good about the whole entire group. I, I hate pinpointing just one guy, but uh, for the most part it comes down to Keaton and then Uh, The others, we feel really good behind them if if they need to get on the field. But I feel good about what we can do, whether it's run the ball or throw the ball uh, as an offense. And I'm looking forward to seeing A-Rod call call his game tonight.
1: Anybody you're watching to see in terms of availability for tonight?
8: Um, Cody Epps is probably one that um, may not be able to perform tonight. He's going to go through the warm-ups and go through the pregame stuff, and we'll make a decision. I think it's important that we do the right thing for him instead of uh, – I know he wants to play, but we'll, we'll do we'll do the right thing and make sure that he. we're thinking about his future, we're thinking about next week and the ent- entirety of the season rather than just tonight. I know that he's got the uh, you know the energy and he's got the, the excitement, but we want to make sure that we, we control it.
1: You're one of the last games of the night on a big day of college football. A lot of folks are going to tune in to see what kind of late-night show you're going to put
8: on. You know we've been used to this, so <laughs> that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Is that it's going to be late night football, and we're excited about it. You know we 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 it seems like we this is what we do at home. So um, you know I know that the fans are excited. They've been waiting for this to happen. So here we are. Let's go. Let's have some fun and go, Cougs.
1: Ronnie, well, thanks for we'll talking to you post game.
8: Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg.
1: That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. As we had to break, let's get you tonight's Ford keys to the game. They're brought to you by your local Ford stores, BYU football, built Ford proud. Hans Olsen, your first three keys to the game.
3: Well, first and foremost, I want to see defensive pressure off the edge. I want to see Isaiah Banya as a transfer get some pressure. I want to see a new Tyler Batty get some pressure and get some push i want to see this new defensive coordinating staff throw a couple of wrinkles out there that get the the pressure that you would expect from the staff so first and foremost i want to see defensive pressure number three no big plays no trick plays no end arounds no fake punts no onside kicks don't let any of that trickery catch you off guard be ready for all of it number four feed the running backs early Get those running backs going. See what Aiden Robbins is all about. See what this backfield's all about. Let that big beef up front start getting the push and getting that run game going downhill. Those are the three keys to the game.
1: Thank you, Hands. Cougar Kickoff Show coming up next. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: We're getting closer to kickoff of BYU football. You're tuned to the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Ken Garf, we hear you. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Feast Box broadcast booth alongside Hans Olsen. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the Cougars 2023 season opener. First of back-to-back home games to kick off the new campaign. It's been 12 years since the Cougars began a season with consecutive home games back in 2011. Cougs open 2-0, defeating Washington State and Weber State this season. The Cougs get Sam Houston and Southern Utah before hitting uh, the road for the first time. That'll be at Arkansas two weeks from today. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show, presented by Ken Garf. Whatever your vehicle needs are, go to KenGarf.com. Ken Garf, we hear you. And you are hearing Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines and the Zions Bank end zone for 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you. Our Cougar Canyon and scoreboard host is Jason Shepard, booth engineers Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman, spotter McKay Perry, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, coordinating producer Terry South, and control board operator is Seth Larson, along with Devin Dungan. You are tuned in on the New Skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, Salt Lake City Over the Air flagship is KSL News Radio. 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can listen on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, as well as on byuradio.org and our network affiliates. And be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at byuradio.org. Search sports or shows and look for BYU football. Well, Kalani Sitake opens his eighth season. Sam Houston's Casey Keeler kicks off his tenth season in Huntsville. He's the only coach to ever win FCS championships with multiple schools. He did it at Delaware in 03 and then Sam Houston in the spring of 2021. It was in the fall of 2021 that BYU was announced as an incoming member of the Big 12 Conference. But it's been a two-year wait for the pigskin payoff, which comes tonight here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Director of Athletics Tom Holmo, has been overseeing the months of preparations for BYU's Big 12 era. And he joins us now in the booth for a few moments ahead of kickoff Tom, we're here.
9: <laughs> it's a great night walking into the stadium. I, I usually get here when I think it's plenty early, but there are way more people here earlier than usual. Great anticipation and excitement for this game.
3: What's been the most difficult aspect from that 21 announcement to now kickoff for you to manage?
9: Tonight, the last 15 minutes, of just my heart beating out of my chest. Uh, I mean, we've had two years to get ready and we're, we've prepared ourselves well. Kalani and his team have and in all the preparation. I think all the fans are ready. And I look around at our fans look into the stadium right now you see the student body dressed in blue and we're ready to go so it's just time now to do what they're camp-
1: Well, just lost, lost Tom's mic for a quick second there. We're going to You got us, Tom, right? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Uh, Big 12 football. Does I mean you? You can look at certain teams and say, okay, that team's ready for Power Five football. Have you, have you've seen BYU over the last two years, have you been looking for different cues or keys as to what this team's supposed to look like to be ready for what's to come?
9: Yeah, a lot of it has to do, Greg, with just the team coming together, and that was hard because we had a big transition this off season with some a number of coaches. So when you bring in the number of transfer portal new missionaries, new freshmen, you're going to see a lot of people playing tonight that the uh, fans haven't seen, you combine that with the coaches, that's a big change. So for me tonight, my anticipation is how quickly can they meld and get ready for a big, big 12 schedule. So
3: you take a look at the transfer portal and the era of the transfer portal. As an athletic director, how difficult is that aspect for you to manage?
9: It really isn't for me. I, I think that I'm just trying to support the coaches. It's, a, it's very emotionally taxing to be able to think that you're going to have big-time players. Like if you look last year, I won't go back too far, but if you look last year, bring in Chris Brooks, and he's going to be your starting running back, and you are thinking, come on, baby, Chris, let's make it happen. And he has a really, really good year. He gets hurt for a little bit of time but in that time period that he was hurt he's still a leader on the team and so when he comes back he goes right to the top and oh by the way he made the dolphins this year now you have Aiden Robbins who's another person that came in comes into spring gets hurt he didn't get hurt he just had a surgery to help him you know get better and now he's here tonight and we're all thinking come on Aiden baby let's make it happen (laughs) this year.
1: It's always been fun to watch football all day Saturday before you come to the, to the stadium for a late-night game like we have tonight. But now you're watching Big 12 football a little more carefully, aren't you?
9: Yes, I was flipping around. I've been on ESPN for 11 years, and i was watched a little Fox today. But it was great to see and anticipate some of these teams that we'll be lining up against this year.
3: I know you've seen this college game on pretty much every level, Tom, and I know you've been a part of some great programs. We see all of the different shifts in the landscape of college football. In your opinion, how healthy is college football right now?
9: I think college football is just fine. I think the athletic departments, the conferences, the athletic directors, All those associated with the future of the organization, the NCAA, the CFP, all those organizations, they really have to come together. There hasn't been a great amount of collaboration, and I think it's time now for everybody to come together. Now, this sounds crazy, but at some point in time, we're going to have to put in front of everybody else's um, local issues and demands the global uh, demands that are going to come. But I'm saying, I say it's great right now because I watched games on TV today, and it looked as good as it's ever looked. And I was thinking this the other day. I was at the soccer game, BYU beats UCLA, and there's this picture that I'm at about 11.30 that night that shows up on my social media. And it's we've scored a goal and all our Cougars are up in the air. And the smiles on their faces, it's just like amazing. And I thought, they don't know what NIL is. They don't know what transfer portal is. They don't know what conference alignment is. They just love each other and love to play the game. That's enough for me.
1: We get to play a great game tonight because it kicks off the 2023 season and a new era of BYU football. Tom, thanks to you for all you've done to get us to this moment. We look forward to an exciting season ahead. Appreciate you. Go coach. That's Tom Homo. We're back with more of the Ken Garf Kruger Kickoff Show, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium after this, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Back in Provo, BYU's first season in the Big 12 will be the first and only season for Keaton Slovis as the Cougar starting quarterback. But he's no stranger to power conference competition. Three seasons at USC, another season at Pitt. He'll tonight pass the 10,000 yard mark in career passing yards. And with a particularly productive stat line this season, he could end his career with 100 plus touchdown passes. He's coming into 68 on the C- uh, for his career coming into this year. Hans, How fortunate is BYU to have a Keaton Slovis taking BYU into the Big 12?
3: Well, you just think about somebody that has experience. For instance, you call me, ask me to come up in the booth. I've got 17 years of radio broadcasting experience. I know what it's about, so I can step in the booth and at least manage it to a certain extent. That's what you get with Keaton Slovis. He's been on a college football field. He's been in tough games. He's been in a pressure cooker with USC, an absolute pressure cooker of an environment. He actually really really thrived in his freshman year when he didn't really understand the magnitude of what he was doing and then he goes through some ebbs and flows and some bumps but now he meets up with an offensive coordinator and a quarterbacks coach that's put his last two quarterbacks in the nfl what can aaron roderick do with keaton Slovis? that's the big question
1: Time now to identify this week's e-assist player to watch for BYU. It's brought to you by the e-assist Dental Health Education Foundation, reminding you that dental cleanings are essential for your health. Hans, who do you have an eye on as a BYU player to watch tonight?
3: All right, so this one is a little bit personal, but I'm looking at Isaac Rex. I want to see Isaac Rex highlighted. I want to see him emphasized. I want to see him in his blocking. I want to see him down block off the combos. I want to see him in tight cuts, tight routes. I want to see him targeted. I expect him to be the yardage leader tonight, touchdown leader tonight, and target leader tonight. I want to see Isaac Rex get involved early and often. I think that's the key to opening up this offense.
1: Tight end Isaac Rex, Hans Olsen's e assist player to watch. More of the Ken Garf kickoff show coming up as we break. We remind you to go to bigotires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires the team you trust. More from the stadium is after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: This season, you can feast like your favorite BYU Cougars with a Cougar Feast brought to you by Feast Box. Order a six or 12 person box and feast on grub like brisket, pulled pork, mac and cheese and fried pickles. Boxes are delivered to your doorstep in time for game day. Perfect for tailgating or eating at home while you cheer on the Cougars. Every box contains blue swag, a collectible player poster and every purchase is an entry to
1: win. Healthcare payments are too complex for providers and for patients. But Waystar creates an extraordinary ripple effect. Our cloud-based technology simplifies healthcare payments, which gives patients more clarity and convenience and providers more time to focus on caring for their patients and communities, empowering a future for what matters most. Join us on this journey to simplify healthcare payments. Visit waystar.com/careers to discover a better way forward. If you like what you're hearing
5: on BYU Radio, remember, all of our shows are also podcasts. The Lisa Show, In Good Faith, Constant Wonder, Top of Mind, and The Appleseed. To hear the podcast, download the BYU Radio app or listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing and want more of the same quality content, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your feedback is important and helps make us better. The fusion of entertainment, learning, and enlightenment. BYU Radio.
1: 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU football on BYU Radio.
1: All right, the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show continues now. So, one of the big questions coming out of every training camp, uh, regardless of the season, is how many of your top players make it to game one that is healthy. And BYU took a few camp hits. The Cougs are down a couple of safeties. And uh, Micah Harper and Talon Alfrey, Harper out for the season. Uh, Alfre expected back at some point. On the offensive end, a couple of ball catchers uh, and ball carriers banged up. Uh, Hinkley-Ropati is at least a short-term absence, and Kalani said that uh, uh, Cody Epps may not play tonight. For the most part, BYU in decent shape personnel-wise. We've already seen how the transfer portal in particular hands uh, has BYU in better shape to withstand some depth challenges, and that's what historically sets apart power conference teams from the rest in college football.
3: So modern-day Big 12 college football injuries can't be an excuse where you've got the transfer portal that you can supplement you better be building depth and you've watched this coaching staff work extremely hard to build that depth through the transfer portal injuries just can't be an excuse coming through camp no matter what happens, early in a game, no matter what happens, you just can't look at injuries and say, ah, oh, well, that was the problem because everybody's dealing with it. Sam Houston's dealing with it and everybody across the country is dealing with it. So you better have your depth in place as you just spoke with Tom Homo and you said that announcement came down in 2021. You've had two years to prepare. Talking to the Big 12 coaches, they said, we've known for two years. They've prepared that depth. So the depth should be there tonight, Greg.
1: Time now for the Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your convenience and comfort will always be our highest priority. BYU can feel comfortable with its linebacking core. Max Thule and Ben Bywater return while USU transfer A.J. Bonkbachan joins the team. Thule and Bywater, they combined for six picks and three pick sixes last season. Bywater led BYU in tackles. Thule was averaging eight stops per game before injury. Then you get Von Pachan. He comes in. He started 33 games in Logan, 21 tackles for loss, seven career sacks. Han's first-year defensive coordinator, uh, Jay Hill, has been given a very gifted group of backers.
3: I can't wait to watch Von Pachon on this BYU football field. He's so dynamic. From the hash to the number. BYU fans, watch this. Von Pachon from the hash to the number. The dude is a cleanup tackling Machine. He is going to be so critical in Big 12 play. When you start to get speed off the edge and big tackles that can get the hook block on the defensive end, and you've got to have an outside linebacker that can really scrape or an inside backer that scrapes over the top, A.J. Vompachon is the guy. I've covered him for a couple of years. He's been the tackle leader up north. He could possibly be the tackle leader right here in Pro Bowl.
1: Is it the strength of the BYU defense right now? the linebacking core,
3: no question it's the nucleus it's the experience it's the veteran leadership now it was a bummer not having a couple of those guys through spring ball but they were out there i was out there you were out there we saw they were out there still being leaders missed them in spring ball but as they've come back they've really unified that group it to me it is the heart and it is the strength and you throw on a young gun like isaiah glasker and you've got yourself a little bit of depth You've got yourself some athleticism, some length. You can cover out wide. You can get really busy on inside and outside st- twists with, you know, if, if you go with Von Pachon or if you really want to get outside, you can go with Glasgow because of his length and his speed. So you've got depth, versatility, by far, in my opinion, the nucleus of this team.
1: So Jay Hill gets to work with those great backers in his first season as BYU's D.C. His entire defensive group, though, and his tactics – will be keenly observed in these opening weeks for sure there's no doubt that on defense is where BYU needs to show the most improvement from last season only one defensive coach remains from a unit last year that ranked at the back of the pack in points per play defensively points per game pass efficiency defense third down defense havoc rate Uh, it was a rough year for BYU that way Hans what what can we expect already without seeing a down year tonight what do you think you can already expect from a jay hill led defense and what do you think that is maybe already equipped to do better than it did last season
3: i want people to watch tyler batty i think he's the perfect case example i'll be watching you'll be watching he's to me he's the first thing i'll be looking at on the field tonight because i want to see if he's improved as a defensive end When you bring in position coaches and Kelly is working with him. On the edge, yeah. Jan Jorgensen is working with him as an all-time sack leader here at BYU. Sione Pua has some to do with that work, just working them off different edges. Trimming down the body, working on the pass rush. Instead of engaging man-to-man, the full body, take half the man, get off the edge. Just watch Tyler Batty. If we see some real growth, and we see that he's got some real improvement, I think that that is an exact sign that this coaching staff has really helped this defense. Outside of that, you need to see Banya, the Boise State transfer, you need to see him get the pressure off the the other end off the batty. Got to see him get the pressure pressure off the other edge. And then watch for all those things. Cravens, the other Boise State transfer in the middle, those guys have to really get pushed. I think two things. Watch Tyler Batty, see if he got a lot better. Number two, Just watch to see if there's pressure on down and distances. If it's second and ten, if it's third and eight, those pass downs, if they get the pressure, then we know that this coaching staff has really made a difference.
1: How big an impact can Eddie Heckard have in his last year of college play?
3: Okay, so Eddie Heckard plays a huge role tonight because we talked about that safety depth. You lose Harper, you lose Alfrey all of a sudden playing that corner position with safeties free safeties floating safeties that maybe don't have the experience well now you got to be really on the spot you can't, if you're going to walk up and press because Jay Hill's going to have these guys press if you're going to walk up and press you can't lose that guy because you don't have Harper in that speed that comes across the field and makes up for that mistake so you really put a lot of emphasis on a veteran like Eddie Heckard and really across the board, whether it's Eddie Heckard or you're looking at Jacob Robinson or any one of the other corners, they have a huge responsibility tonight with the safety position suffering so much
1: injury. Okay, you just covered a lot of, a, a lot of ground. After all of it, would you say sight unseen to this point that BYU, for all those reasons, will be a better defensive team?
3: Yes. I can say that really quick. Yes. Jay Hill is a very organized coach, and he is a motivator. He just, I I sit with him for five minutes, and I want to chew through a piece of metal. Mm. He just has that energy, and he's a great recruiter, too. You throw in Justin Inna, and Greg, I know you know Justin Inna. You've known him for a lot of years. He brings an energy that's unmatched. I think it's going to be more clean, more disciplined, more aggressive, and more effective.
1: He's Hans Olsen coming up. We'll head down to field level and hear from the third member of our crew, Mitchell Jurgens, as the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: BYU home to Houston. Sam Houston, that is, on a pleasant September Saturday night. Speaking of Houston, Houston and UTSA is the game preceding BYU on FS1. Tonight's game is an FS1 game for TV viewers. And once Houston and UTSA wrapped up, uh, they'll be heading to Provo for BYU and Sam Houston. And if the uh, UTSA-Houston game is to go a little long, as it looks like it might, uh, BYU and Sam Houston would start on FS2. So it's BYU and Sam Houston just moments away. Coming up is this first uh, full day of college football winds down. All right, uh, Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen here in the booth on opening night. The weather, by the way, 74 degrees right now and partly cloudy skies. Uh, tonight's temperature should dip to the high 60s by the time this game wraps up. So a very pleasant night. But uh, as if to tell us it's football season, uh, the weather did turn cooler, a little wetter yesterday. It did feel like football. All right, Hans, uh, you were a trench player for BYU. You played on both sides of the ball as a pro. You have a special appreciation for the tactics and techniques employed up front. You've already talked about uh, the defensive line with Banya and Bad Baddy and Cravens and Mahe and the coaches they have in and Popinga and, uh, and Sione Puja. Uh, so power conference football is where an advantage is most likely to be gained by line play. That's where you see it most frequently, I think. How close is BYU to having the kinds of lines now, offensive defensive lines, that will take to win games week in, week out in the Big 12?
3: Well, I think it's building, and I think it's getting better. And right now, BYU has a first-round draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. In Kingsley, he is as good as they come at the offensive tackle position. So that's first and foremost. Then they bring in a transfer in Caleb Etienne, who's got the size, 6'8", 330 pounds. I was telling Shep in the pregame show, I feel like a baby in his arms. You know, you get around him, and he's just so big. And, and he's so powerful. And so it's great. When you can get a transfer like that, who was a couple-year starter at Oklahoma State, and you bring him in here to Provo, I think that that's impressive. And then a guy like Connor Pay that can run the center or the guard position. I think that the offensive line has only gotten better over the last three years. There was like a 15-year drought without a drafted NFL lineman out of BYU. And all of a sudden, you get on the roll. And even when you lose a couple of guys in the Barringtons, you bring some really great talent back.
1: Greg and hands in the booth, down to field level for the remaining strains of our national anthem. Stay down at field level and head down to former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for 150 years of helping you succeed. Zions Bank is for you. Uh, Mitch, even though BYU returned a lot of receiving talent from last season and Isaac Rex, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Cody unlikely to see the field tonight. I'm expecting uh, newcomers Keelan Marion and Darius Lassiter to make an immediate impact out of the transfer portal. These two have been among the most consistent players in camp and looks like there will be some real competition for receiving reps, even with the veterans back. Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I'm, I'm not sure this
6: receiving core is, is at the caliber they were at last year with Puka Nakua, but they certainly can get there with the talent they brought in and the depth they have at the position, specifically those newcomers, as you mentioned, with Keelan Marion, Darius Lasseter, and, and even guys like Parker Kingston, who had a, had a really good camp. Um, With the return, as you did mention, I think they should take a step forward as they enter another season more mature, more experienced. Uh, So to address your point, Greg, yes, I fully expect there will be a lot of competition for targets. uh, But in a season that's going to be more taxing with this Big 12 schedule, Depth may just be the key to compete offensively throughout the entirety of the Big 12 season, as I'm sure they won't be immune from some of the injuries uh, along the way, as we've already seen you know, tonight with Cody Epps. Uh, availability is going to be one of the best skill sets as a player, so we'll see who can be the most available this season to compete for the majority of those uh, of those receiving reps.
1: So, so, Mitch, the fans are still filing in. It's a stripe-the-stadium night. And it's already looking pretty cool from up here. Uh, the fans got the memo. Uh, the Royal and the White Stripes looking pretty cool tonight. Yeah, you
6: always wonder with the uh, mass announcements through social media if it's going to get to every single person, but it's looking pretty good. I mean, this is a fun night. I, 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 I'm a big fan of these 8:15 kicks under the lights the, for the entire game. Uh, this is something special for a season opener.
3: I, I just got to give you a, a little hassle. You're, you're in blue and you're standing in the white. If you can take just five steps to your right you're going to be in that blue section so
1: there we go there
3: it is there it is that looks good
1: thanks mitch hans uh the receiving core for byu where, where, where do you see it kind of fitting in as 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 maybe a strength for a rod here in 2023
3: well i think that tonight the weight's going to go on chase roberts and it, hopefully he can carry that weight but you know what's interesting i go back to a big 12 media day conversation that i had with keaton slovis off air and I said, man, how about this? Keanu Hill and Epps. And I went through a couple of the guys. And he goes, hold on, hold on. Have you seen or heard about some of these transfers? Hmm. He, he mentioned that to me. And I said, oh, no, no, tell me about them. And at the time, he was telling me I didn't know because I hadn't done my film study on these guys. But he started rolling through these guys. And he's like, they're really good. They're really good. I'm excited about it. I could see his eyes had these big old saucer plates like, oh, I can't wait to see these guys on a quick slam. I can't wait to get this guy on a slow go. And I could tell he, he was excited about these transfer receivers. So there is depth, like Mitch mentioned. They just have to step up.
1: Marion and Lasseter have combined for 10 receiving touchdowns. Marion 6 with UConn and Lasseter 4 with Eastern Michigan. And they'll be in the lineup for BYU tonight coming up. We'll get you starting lineups. We'll get you the opening kick. This has been the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show live from Lovell Edwards Stadium on the new skin. BYU Sports Network.